The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin and Phil Golfie. Another fabulous Saturday here in the city of Hamilton. Hello to all our listeners who've been tuning in over the last number of years to the Hamilton Real Estate Show here on 900 CHML. Yes, my name's Rick Zamprin in studio and just down the street at 1 Markland is Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. If you're looking to sell your house, if you're looking to buy a house in this city, give Give the Golfie team a call. They're Canada's number one Remax team. 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The website with the hottest listings in town, robgolfie.com. That's Rob G-O-L-F-I.com. They're all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check them out at Rob Golfie. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea you would like us to pass Pounce upon on a future program, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Lots to talk about today. Of course, we'll talk about the pandemic and how that's affecting first time home buyers. Interesting scenario in the London market, which we've seen here in Hamilton. We'll reflect on that a little later on in the show. And uh, we'll also talk about deferred mortgages. There is a ton of money that has been deferred uh, through uh, mortgages uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. But we will begin with, uh, well, some interesting things that have happened in uh, real estate this week. Uh, We have three bullet points to get to, and we'll start with number one. Uh, This week, an agent tried to renegotiate the price after an inspection at the last minute. So tell us what happened here. So uh, last week, uh, Rick, there was a home inspection uh, done on a Sunday uh, on this property that we had. And uh, so there was was three conditions on this property, financing, inspection, and then uh, the sale of property. And so the financing and inspection clause was due on the coming Friday. So they had, you know, they did the inspection on Sunday. Now they they had five days to, you know, if there was any, any problems with the inspection. So they send me a revise saying, okay, we're going to remove our financing inspection, but we want to re- redo the price. We want to renegotiate the price because there were some issues on the um, in- inspection. And rule number one, y- you don't do that, you know, at the 11th hour because um, he should have sent that to me either on Wednesday or Thursday. Give us time and, and give me time to deal with my client uh, if we have to renegotiate because if you're dealing, if you send somebody the 11th hour saying, I want to renegotiate, think about this, Rick, my client's gone through all week and you know, every day, you know, whatever headaches working wise or whatever. So he sends it to me later in the day on Friday. And so whatever headaches he had on Friday, um, 
now he's going to have to deal with my headache, calling him and saying, listen, <laughs> these guys want to renegotiate. You think he's going to be, you know, up to, to being, you know, his emotions are going to go through the roof. And uh, so we try to go back and forth. We're working on this thing all night and the buyers now are upset. The sellers are upset. The deal fell apart. And, and I, and I explained it to the other agent. I says, why did you give me this at the 11th hour? I says, don't you know that the best time to approach people when you want to renegotiate or do anything is first thing in the morning because they have no headaches. They wake up with a clear slate. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. there's, we can deal with people with a clear mind. And, uh, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I go, well, listen, you know what? Lesson learned. So anyway, the deal fell apart and uh, I was still, so we did a mutual release, everything just couldn't satisfy. Both parties were upset and emotional. Um, so I kept in touch with the, uh, the, the agent that brought the offer and I said, look, I go, let's see if we can come back to the table and he did admit like a day and a half later, he goes, yeah, my clients are upset. They're emotional. And I says, well, lesson learned. I go, you know, uh, cause you don't do that. You don't go to the 11th hour. Now your people are upset. So anyway, um, we did get the deal back together three days later and everybody's happy. So that's one thing. So do, like, don't like there's, there's a time and a place when you're renegotiating, especially when you first do an offer at the beginning, you know, sometimes you want to do it at night. And you want, you want to beat up the person, especially if you're representing the buyer or the seller or whatever. Um, sometimes they're tired. They'll, they'll, they'll say, yes, we'll take this offer. But once everybody's accepted an offer and everything, and five days later, you want to renegotiate, you've you got to be careful. There's, there's a time and a place for negotiations. And that's where the experience comes in, Rick. So you have to be very, very careful uh, uh, when you're negotiating. There's always a time of time to negotiate when you're dealing with uh, transacting a, a real estate transaction. You know? I, I get two questions for this scenario. Number one, how common or how rare is it that you get these kind of last minute snafus, if you will? Well, I'm going to let you know. Uh, it happens a lot, more so with the Toronto agents coming <laughs> in. Uh, it's kind of like their, uh, you know, their playbook kind of thing. And, uh, so, uh, it's, it, we just know that they're going to do that. And sometimes I warn them, I says, don't bother. Don't even bother. I says, don't even bother starting out and bringing an offer. And if you, I says this home inspection, uh, like we just kind of have to coach them through it and tell them that we're not going to tolerate that kind of business here in, in Hamilton. Um, so it, it just depends on the agent, but that's their playbook, um, and how they do things. And it, it does happen, but not, not, I, I'd say it probably happens 30, 30 to 35 percent of the time i'd say not all the time you know like it has to be pretty serious stuff yeah the other the other question i had was you know this deal fell apart and then came back together with the same players at the table that sounds pretty rare as well because as you mentioned emotions are high and it sounds like more often than not when this sort of scenario plays out that the parties don't come back together i i never let a deal die until i i i both parties wanted to die. So I kept in touch, uh, with, with the other agent. And, and I said, look, I go, this is, this is really not good, uh, for this deal falling apart. Um, I go, your clients are upset. My clients are upset. Uh, there's too much emotions going on. And, uh, you know, at the last minute and I said, you know, let it cool down. And, and I, and I, and we got, I, we brought it back together. Like I, he was happy. The other agent was happy. 
that I was willing to, you know, keep, keep things going. And I, I convinced my client, let's, let's, let's go back to the table and, and see what happens. Sometimes they don't even want to deal with that person anymore. But the, the reason why I brought it back to the table is we had, we did have a good offer. And I, and I know that if we didn't make a deal with these people, Rick, I don't think he would see that number again. So I was basically working on behalf of my seller, uh, knowing that like he got great money and, uh, even, even with a little bit of a price, a price reduction with the negotiations. And it wasn't that much. It was just, you know, three, $4,000, but, and we're talking about a million dollar house here. Hmm. Now, um, if he let, if this deal completely died and it did die, and if I didn't resurrect this deal, um, this, uh, my client, uh, down the road would have regretted and, uh, and I didn't want him to regret that. And that's, that's where we come in. We want to make like, like, I mean, we're there to make the deal happen and I know he would have regretted it and I didn't want him to have that regret. And, and he did well, he did, he did, he did fantastic on the price, but, but the emotions got in there. And this is the difference between dealing with a private deal and even with a realtor, the realtor, like that's my job is to make, to make things, both parties happy. And I did that eventually both parties that were happy and, and he did admit, he goes, you know what, Rob, you're right. You know, I don't think I would have seen this number again. And, um, so, uh, it, it's, it's all good now. Everything's all good. And that just, that just happened, uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, uh, just, uh, just put it, trying to put this thing together. How big of a price difference was the renegotiated price that the agent tried to slip in in the last minute? Was it substantial? No, it was like, it was like $4,500. Wow. But it really, it really <laughs> like, threw everything it, it, off. Oh, oh, absolutely. And it was $4,500 and, and a washer and dryer. Huh. And, uh, oh yeah. Like, oh Rick, it was, uh, it was, and, and it, it was, it was sad because both parties were just frustrated and upset. And, uh, and I knew that we had to cool it down and, and the in, inexperience in my opinion, this is my opinion, the inexperience of the other agent coming in last minute to do that was not good, especially, especially, uh, uh at night. And, you know, people are, you know, are tired. They, they're relaxing. They're hoping this deal is going to firm up. And, uh, and it, and it, and it wasn't happening. So there was a lot of frustration, a lot of, uh, and, and, you know, the couple was upset. And, uh, so that's why it died. So, so sometimes you have to re resurrect, uh, deals and, uh, you know, and then, and once everybody cools down and you come back and, and hopefully, uh, it'll, it'll come back to life again. It's amazing to think that, you know, we're talking about a million dollar house, you know, $4,500 price difference in a washer and dryer could have derailed the whole thing. Oh, I know. I know. And that's what I was thinking. And they got a great dollar for their house too. They did very well on the price. So, um, so it's all good now. Everything's, uh, we're all happy and uh, you know, the realtors are happy, the buyer's happy and the seller's happy. Is it more often than not those little things, you know, washer and dryer, Hey, we want the TV. Hey, we want the, uh, you know, the, the riding lawnmower, those kind of, you know, uh, requests really throw things sideways. I, I always say, you know, while you're walking through the house, you can, you can, if somebody sees a nice green John Deere riding lawnmower in the garage or in the, in the shed in the back or whatever, people, people are going to ask for it. And, and, and that includes, you know, if, if you walk downstairs and you see it, you know, whatever, right. People, people are going to ask for it. So when I go into, to list these properties with, you know, with these items, I say, listen, if you, if you want to keep it, get rid of it right now, go move it somewhere else. Cause I guarantee if we have an offer on this property, that offer is going to include that riding tractor. And, and, and I, and I always say, I don't want it to be a deal breaker because the second you cross it out across 
well, the second you remove it from, from a contract, when a buyer is looking to buy it in their mind, that is already theirs. They've already, <laughs> they've already seen themselves riding around on that tractor, cutting the lawn on a hot summer day with a beer in their hand. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and the second you cross it out, it gets emotional and it gets, it gets, you know, well now it's out of the deal. Well, it should have never been in the deal in the first place. So yeah. I always say if, if there's those items that, that you don't want to lose, that you could see somebody asking for, get rid of them before you list your property. And that way, uh, that way people will not ask for them. But, but more often than not, we, we do see that people, including those, you know, those items, everything from home theater systems to speaker systems to, you know, different styles of lights and, and whatever. Um, we, we do see people asking for, uh, for, for a number of things to be included in the, in the home when they purchase it. So tip to those with the riding lawnmowers, hide them or, uh, <laughs> you know, just move them somewhere else. When we come back after the break, we'll talk about a, uh, an agent that made, well, a few too many mistakes. That and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin, Rob Golfe, Philip Golfe, those two fine gentlemen, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfe team. Call them today at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The hottest listings in town are online at robgolfe.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The handle is at Rob Golfe. And download the Hamilton Real Estate show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast past episodes online at robgolfie.com and 900chml.com if you have a topic idea you would like us to chew on in a future program or just a question for the golfy team send them an email questions at robgolfie.com that's questions at robgolfie.com we'll talk about the pandemic and the seller's market multiple offers that's what's going down uh, here in Hamilton, that's for sure. But it's also a situation that's uh, arisen in London, and they're really not used to that. So we got a story to tell in a few minutes. But back to uh, what happened in real estate this week. Here's a, another scenario. A previous agent had a lot of mistakes on a listing, and uh, it's no wonder it did not sell. So what happened here? Yeah, like um, so uh, a couple called us up and wanted us to uh, put their house on the market. They, uh, they, they uh, I think, canceled their listing with their agent because uh, they weren't getting the results. Um, and what happened was they on that previous listing, we never we never copy information from a previous listing because um, if the previous agent couldn't sell it, obviously there could be something on that listing that they didn't do right. And, and there was a lot of mistakes. Uh, bathrooms weren't listed in this one listing. Uh, they listed something in the basement that had a rec room. There was no rec room. Uh, so when people go there, they expected a finished basement. This house didn't have a finished basement. So the expectations of people going to this house was a disappointment when they walked in. So like so many, so many agents do this. They, they don't put all the rooms in there. Every listing that we do, we put, you know, all the rooms on the main floor, the second floor and the basement. Now this house had an unfinished basement. 
So there was a utility room, there was a storage room, and and then another, uh, we call it other, just a, another room, So and a, and a rough-in bath. Now, it didn't say it had a rough-in bathroom downstairs on this listing. So there was there were so many things missing and so misconceptions or misrepresentation on this listing. Uh, no wonder, uh, you know, when people went through, they like, well, I thought I was getting a house. I was looking for a house with a finished basement. This doesn't have a finished basement. So right away, they, they hurt their listing by doing that. So um, a lot of agents do this. They make a lot of mistakes. And, uh, and we always tell our agents on our team, do not, do not copy the previous agent's listings because uh, if, there's a, if they have a mistake, you're going to copy a mistake down. So uh, that's, that's like rule 101 for realtors. If realtors are listening, just, you know, take that advice because you'll, uh, you'll find that it's going to be very helpful for you down the road. So when you're taking on a new client, someone in the Hamilton area or, or in Burlington or down in Niagara, they, they want to sell your house, uh, they want to sell their house, they give you a call, you're physically going into their home in a safe manner, but you're basically dissecting what is in that house. Absolutely. We even remeasure the rooms. Um, like, like we'll look at, we'll, we'll measure two or three rooms and see if the, if the agent did do the measurement and if, and if they're way off, then we'll measure the whole house completely all over again. Uh, just because of the fact that, uh, we don't, I don't, I don't, I never trust the previous agents uh, thing. So we, we go in there with a clean slate and start fresh and put everything down and make sure that we have everything. A lot of times when I walk through a house, I'll, I'll, I'll walk through and I'm going through the basement. I'm taking notes and I'm actually going through all the rooms. Okay. Down here. And I ask the homeowner, I say, Hey, did I miss any rooms down here? And I'll say like, we have a rec room. We've got a cold room. We've got a bathroom. We've got uh, a bedroom and we've got a workshop. Is there any other rooms that I did not see down here? And he'll say, Nope, you got them all. Perfect. Hmm. I always do that. I always just, I, I roll it. And, and, and so that I know that there's not going to be anything missed. And that's before I go upstairs. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, that's, you just got to make sure you got all the information correct when you're putting a, a house up for sale. So is this house now up for sale? Just, it, it just came, it's just coming up for sale. We're just getting photographs uh, edited right now for this uh, listing. So it's probably going to hit the market on Monday. And uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a nice listing and, we'll, and we're hoping to have it sold by Friday. Wow. <laughs> hey, in this hot market, that is uh, very much uh, conceivable. What What is the yeah. process in, you know, when, when someone does call the Golfie team at 905-575-7700, or they go online to robgolfie.com and they say, hey, I want to sell my house. How long does it take from that call or that point of contact to the for sale sign going on the lawn? Is it a few days? Is it a couple of weeks? Does it depend on, you know, their timelines? Yeah, I, I everything so so it's not it's not always just hey hey i want to sell my house and you know of course we appreciate those calls and those calls are are nice but but rick it could be something as simple as hey you know what's you know what's the the market activity in my neighborhood i'm just curious to see what what i can get for my house if i were to list it in today's market or or if i you know you know i'm starting the process and thinking of selling i'm not sure if i want to sell uh just yet but but what you know what would my house be worth so we, we, we get a lot of those calls as well in, in terms of people just educating themselves on, on the local market in their neighborhood or, or the local market in, in whatever municipality or city they're living in, which, which are great too. If we can be you know, the, the contact for real estate news information, market updates and stats, that's, you know, that's, that's what, we, what we strive to be. But in regards to the process, process if, somebody, if somebody today, Saturday morning, is thinking about selling their house and they give us a call, 
first we would be in contact with them immediately. As soon as you call into our office or our, 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 or our team, we would have a sales representative in touch with you within 10 minutes of, of your, of your call into, into our team. From then we would hope to set up an in-house uh, home evaluation where, where uh, a professional sales representative that works directly in your market will come to your house and sit down with you, provide you with a market evaluation on your property. If it were to sell in today's market, and in addition to that, we would also present to you our team's marketing strategy and how we would market your home if you were selling in today's market and what our team offers in, uh, in terms of services um, and things of that nature. So there's, there's a lot to it, but, but there's a lot of different style of calls that we get. Sometimes we just get a call and, and, and people are interested in, you know, you know what's, what are the last three properties that sold on my street and what did they sell for? So it, it's everything from people that are, that are motivated and have uh, an immediate interest in selling their property to people who, who don't plan on selling at all in the next 20 years, but, but they're, they want to stay up to date on, on the, uh, the market trends in their neighborhood. So we, uh, we, we like to cater to, to everyone and, and uh, we wouldn't turn anybody away. Um, and, and, and we, we would uh, want to take everyone's real estate questions. All right. And the third and final uh, point to what happened this week in real estate, a landlord had to evict a tenant. Uh, the home had hundreds of caged rats and a python. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty uh, something to see, uh, Rick. Uh, you'd be amazed what we see. But uh, so this uh, uh, landlord had a tenant and uh, they, uh, partially they weren't paying their, their, their rent and everything. So they ended up getting evicted. So they had a court order to, to um, leave the premises. So um, they did leave the premises, but they did leave some animals behind. So uh, the landlord had to call animal control to come in. And I mean, there's a python in this house and uh, rats all caged up. And I guess the, the rats were for the python to, to eat. And, and it, it was a mess. Like th- th- this, this house is a mess. It, uh, it, you know, it smelled and everything. And I feel bad because, um, this landlord bought this house just over a year ago and he rented it to these people and these people just destroyed it. And, uh, so I, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, how he picked the tenants out or anything like that, but anyway, um, so, uh, right now he's got a cleaning person, uh, going in there. Uh, and I said, you've got to get this thing cleaned right out, get the smell out of this house, get, uh, and, and have it scrubbed everywhere, even get the vents cleaned out, the, uh, uh, everything so that, uh, and then, and then let me come in and see if I smell anything. Cause, uh, I'm not in that house all the time. So my, my, my smell senses will be, well, I'll smell it before he would, because he's in and out of that house more than I am. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the things that, uh, being a landlord, sometimes, uh, you got to be careful. You know, I mean, you deal with, uh, people, you know, that grow, grow, uh, marijuana grow ops in, in, in rental houses and, and people that have animals that don't take care of the house. Um, and then, and now you got issues going on. So it's, uh, it was, it was, it was wild to see all these rats in cages. Like, you know, what do you do? Like, you know, like, like, like who wants rats? You know, (laughs) we're trying to get rid of rats in this country or in this, uh, uh, Hamilton and, you know, from uh, going into our garbage. But now this guy's uh, growing them in his house. Yeah. The Python, one of the rats, that that was about it. Um, does the landlord have any recourse in terms of, uh, you know, uh, billing the tenant, I guess, for, for cleaning costs or is it just a wash? 
It's, you know what, you can go after the tenant, but Rick, it's, it's, it, it becomes a long drawn out thing. Uh, forget about suing because uh, it's just going to cost you in legals. Uh, you can go to small claims court. If they have a good job um, and you've got a lot of pictures and you can show that, you know, he didn't pay and it cost you to clean and, and fix the place up. Um, you can, you can go to small claims. You can sue, I think up to 25,000 in small claims uh, court. That's the, probably the way to go. But if they don't have a good job, you, you might as well just brush it up as just cost of doing business. And uh, it's just a, an experience you went through and hopefully you don't go through it again uh, because otherwise it's just, you're going to lose money if you're trying to chase people. And, uh, and, 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 and tenants, so some of them, you know, they, you know, there's a lot of great tenants out there. I, I'm going to let you know that, you know, I've got great tenants in, in, in a lot of my rentals, but yeah, you get the odd bad one. And then it's just, uh, you just, you got to deal with it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. You know? Well, hopefully this landlord can find uh, a good tenant and, uh, you know, uh, the place will be spick and span and uh, they'll have a, uh, uh, a merry ending to this story. Let's move on to our Ask Rob segment. If you have a question for the Golfie team, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Here's a question. I found a property that I like and the seller has requested a deposit of $50,000. If I change my mind, can I get my deposit back? Yeah, you can, you can definitely get your deposit back. So, as long as you haven't firmed up the deal. Yeah. Well, here's the situation. I mean, I mean that's that's a little vague and saying I found a property I like. They've requested a they they've requested a deposit for fifty thousand. So, you will not ha- you know to to enter a property or to see a property that that you like. There, there's no reason you you do not have to submit a deposit. The only time you would have to submit a deposit is in the event that the the buyer and the seller agree to to and, and fulfill an agreement of purchase and sale, where then the the buyer would have to, in most times, deliver a, deliver an uh, a deposit on acceptance of that offer. Um, more often than not, most times, you know, there there's a there's a request for a certain deposit amount, but that that deposit amount is negotiable on the agreement of purchase and sale. Um, in, in terms of, in terms of our average deposit in today's market, I would say it's about usually 5% of the purchase price, um, which is, which is a good guideline to follow. But, um, but, but like I said, this is, this is always negotiable. We, we strive, um, to, to get larger deposits for our sellers. It, it's something that, that brings a little bit more confidence with the deal, um, and shows the buyers that it shows, shows the buyers have, um, the financial capacity to support the purchase, especially if they're putting a 5% deposit down. So that's something that we, 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 we try to do. Um, but, but the deposit is, is negotiable and, uh, and, and not necessarily, um, you know, the, the amount isn't mandatory as, as asked or as highlighted by the seller. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, um, with, with the deposit, um, a lot of the times, um, if you firm up the deal, and there's a, a a high probability that you're not going to walk away from the deal. It, it, um, so what it does is it, it, it keeps everybody sticking to the deal. Um, and that's, we, we, especially in multiple offer situations, we do ask for a higher deposit, Rick, uh, just because, um, you know, sometimes people win, win the, the, the multiple bidding war and next day or, or a couple of days later, they're thinking, Oh boy, what did I do? But as long as we have a, a large deposit, they can't walk away from it. If it's a firm deal, they, you know, they're not going to walk away from a deal. It's easy to walk away from a deal. If it's $5,000, like in early 2017, um, we were getting large deposits and we had one where the house price, the guy paid a, a really good buck for the house. And then the housing prices kind of went down 
when the closing date, close to the closing date happened, and if we only took $5,000 deposit, he, he would say, well, you know, my house is worth 50000 or 60000 less or even more than what, what uh, my deposit is. Uh, he can walk away if he only put 5000 down. But if he put 50000 down, he's not going to walk away. Nobody's going to walk away from $50,000. It takes a long time to save that kind of money. So, so a large deposits are good for, uh, for the sellers to have. And, and it's good for buyers if they want to win the bid, especially, uh, if they uh, want that house badly enough going in with the large deposit shows, like Bill said, it, it shows that they're serious. Considering what has happened over the last three years, especially this year, you know, walking away from a house just because of a $5,000 deposit would have been a mistake given the nature of how the uh, uh, the uh, price escalation has occurred here in Hamilton. Uh, the price of a home three years ago is about $100,000, $200,000 different, depending on where you are in yeah. the city. So, yeah, that would have been a big mistake. we got about to 90 seconds, so I'm going to tee this one up and we'll get to the impact after the break. This is a report from CMHC that says about a billion dollars worth of mortgage payments were deferred each month during the pandemic, the calculation based on Equifax Canada's estimate that the average monthly mortgage payment in this country is uh, just over $1,300. And CMHC also said that it also expects fewer Canadians to get ahead on their mortgage payments this year compared to 2019, a trend that will add to the national level of mortgage debt by the end of this year. So what is the impact of this? And uh, here's an added wrinkle that Canadians under the age of 35 have been more likely in recent years to carry mortgages that are harder to refinance, and younger mortgage holders have less equity, their loans are more likely to be much higher than their income, and they tend to have more years of repayment ahead of them. How's that going to play into the local real estate market? We'll tackle that when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin along with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Find them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the handle at Rob Golfie. And call Canada's number one Remax team at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. So just before the break, I was referring to a CMHC report that shows about a billion dollars worth of mortgage payments were deferred each month during the pandemic. And Equifax Canada's uh, estimate is that the average monthly mortgage payment in Canada is just over $1,300. What kind of impact is this, uh, is the whole mortgage deferral scenario going to have on local real estate? Is it going to be big? Is it going to be huge? Is it going to be not so big? I I don't, you know what, that's a good question, Rick. I I think it will have a little bit of an impact. I think a lot of people are going to have uh, a little bit of a, a shock when they have to start paying their mortgage that they didn't have to pay for six months. 
So it, it depends on what they did with their money. Uh, and I know there's even people that didn't need to defer their mortgages. They just did it. Uh, and I don't think they understand the uh, ramifications of interest that they're going to pay for, for deferring their mortgage. But I, I do feel that there, there'll be a small uh, percentage that will probably, uh, they'll make the, the first mortgage payment. And that's going to be happening right now, that the first mortgage payment in six months. And, and if they can't afford the first, uh, first, second or third mortgage payment, you're going to see those people uh, will be, have to put their houses up for sale. Um, I don't know how many that will be. It, it just depends on areas of, uh, areas of, uh, of parts of the, the country. I know Saskatchewan is, is a high risk right now. They're looking at uh, out, out west. Um, I, I would, I would assume Niagara might have a bit, especially Niagara Falls with the tourism there that they've, they've taken a, a big hit with, uh, with the hospitality there. So it just, it just depends on what it is. So I don't know. CMHC is probably just waiting to find out what, uh, how that, the, those numbers are going to come about in the next uh, month or two. Uh, the other 10 bit, uh, two Canadians under the age of 35 have, um, in recent memory, carried mortgages that are harder to refinance. Uh, younger mortgage holders have less equity. Their lo- loans are more likely to be much higher than their income. Are we going to see that under 35 household stay in their homes because they really have no, well, they have no equity. They, they have no leverage in terms of moving to another house. The, what it is with the under 35 is that they, those uh, people came in with, uh, you know, maybe 5% down. But what happens is on completion date, so let's say if they're buying a $500,000 house, Rick, and they're coming in with $25,000 as a down payment, they have to pay CMHC fees, which is, I think, close to 5%. Am I correct, though? Yeah, it's close. It's close. So so basically, they're going to have a $500,000 mortgage. So they're allowed to to finance the CMHC fee, the insurance fee that uh, CMHC is to insure the, the mortgage. So... So their mortgage is is exactly uh, or even higher than what they uh, purchased uh, the home at. So that's why that's why the equity level for uh, for uh, uh, under thirty five is is high still. And I think they'll just be staying there a lot longer um, and not financing anything and and just continuing uh, you know and wait a few more years before they actually move or refinance um, with with their home. Hmm. All right, let's shuffle down to uh, the London area. we got a couple minutes in this segment. Uh, uh, what's happening in London has basically been happening in Hamilton for a while in terms of, you know, it's getting harder and harder to find a house at a particular price point. The average price in London now at half a million dollars. Um, prices have gone up. Pandemic is still a thing. Uh, there's bidding wars, you know, th- things that we've seen in Hamilton over the last number of years. Uh, one woman, uh, 26-year-old first-time buyer, says finding her home was uh, far from easy, saying that when she was buying, there were like 30 people coming to see a house in one day, and by the end of the day, there were already offers coming in on the house, so you literally had an hour to decide if you wanted to buy the house or not. And she said that she eventually settled... Uh, on a uh, house that came into her hands after she outbid six other potential buyers, all making offers on the same day. Um, it, it, I mean, this sounds like 2017. You know, multiple. You add the pandemic in there, <laughs> which is obviously yeah. an added wrinkle. But London is going through what Hamilton's already gone through. Yeah. It, well, London was uh, really undervalued, uh, and it was it, it was really cheap to even buy a house there. So. 
it, it was a, you know, a quiet and, and hot, like great for anybody that's investing. And look, look at the real estate values in, in, in five years, they just more than doubled. Um, and I know I, I have a, a realtor friend in London that uh, I communicate with all often and, and he's just saying he can't believe the prices. Wow. And same thing in Windsor. It's, it's like, I mean, his, the, Windsor's average sale price not that long ago was like 135000 And look at it now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ballooned. It's, it's gone up quite a bit. One, one realtor so, in this article is saying that uh, we, we took offers for a property that is ideal for first-time home buyers, listed at $375,000, ended up with 21 offers, and it sold for 90000 uh-huh. over asking. And that leaves 20 first-time home buyers disappointed and now still <laughs> looking for their perfect home. we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to dive more into this topic and uh, whether there are some similarities uh, with this story and what's happening around Hamilton. Stay tuned. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hey, one more go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio. Down at One Markland is Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them today at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. Just before the break, we were talking about uh, London, how prices have gone up. Uh, there's the pandemic to uh, deal with. Uh, multiple bids on homes uh, sounds very similar to what we went through in 2017 and of course uh, this year as well uh, one realtor says uh, there is a little bit of panic for some buyers uh, he had uh, one particular client lose out on 17 offers before they got finally got one this uh, psychologically has to be tough on people who are house hunting oh I, go ahead uh yeah I mean, I mean that that in our last segment, I, I believe that was a twenty a twenty six year old first time buyer who who shared you know their experiences and 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 trying to you know be successful in, in buying a house and and it's you know we've used the word it's emotionally exhausting it's 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 really difficult out there right now, um, especially for the first time buyers and if you're in a lower lower price point that lower affordable price point in Hamilton. That lower affordable price point, I would I would say, is somewhere between that three hundred and fifty to to five hundred number, right? Right in right in that right in that area, you have all the first time buyers, you have the investors, and you have the downsizers. So so in that price point, you're you're exposed to a number of different buyer pools, and it's gonna there's there's a huge huge demand um, combined with the lack of inventory. It's 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 hard to become successful and. And oftentimes, like she mentioned, she, you know, you, you show up to a house, there's, there's, you know, five other people looking at it at the same time that you're trying to look at it and, and you're, you're trying to jockey for position and trying to figure out, you know, what, what a good offer is going to be, what, what's it going to take to be successful. And it's, it's, it's hard to navigate through this market right now. Um, as a buyer, you, you, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to be successful, but, but, you know, most importantly, you need a realtor who's on the ball. You need a realtor who's constantly looking at their hot sheets every day. And, and as soon as listings come up, they, you need to get into them right away. Um, and, 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 you know, the sooner you get into them, 
the, the more you can buy your time to do your research on that specific property, that specific specific neighborhood, and and you're you're able to make an informed decision. If you're if you're looking at it, you know, you know, two, three, four, five days after it's been on the market more often than not, you're going to show up and there's already going to be four or five registered offers and, and you're going to, you know, you, you, sometimes they're presenting that day, that night. So you, you walk out of the property and it's like, you know, I got 10 or 15 or 20 minutes to, to, to get my realtor to draft me up an offer. And now I got to make a decision as to how much money I want to pay. And, and that's how mistakes are made. Um, and that's how, you know, that, that's how buyer's remorse happens. So if you're, if you're navigating through this market, hang in there, hey, but, but make sure you're teamed up with, with an agent who, who, who is accessible and is able to work with you every single day because it, 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 it's, a, it's a really hard market to, to work in and to buy in right now. And, and you need to be, you know, you need to be quick and fast and, and, uh, and, and being able to, to find a realtor to show you these properties and, and somebody who you can work closely with. And I know, you know, there's a, uh, you know, there, sometimes people want to say, well, you know, I only want to work with the listing agent or, or things like that. Team up with a realtor and commit to one single realtor who's going to be able to commit to you and show you every single day, work with you every single day on showing you properties. Because as soon as you, you commit to a realtor and you, you get that commitment for each other, you, you'll have a very successful buying process. And instead of just calling around to different realtors and, and trying to find uh, trying to find the listing realtor to work with. So, that's my advice. I mean, this market has shown no signs of slowing down. Um, I think we'll, 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 we'll go through a little bit of a dip, maybe not a dip, but a little bit more of a flat line as we enter into the winter months and, and the days get shorter. So it's going to be harder to look at houses during the, the, the daylight time. But I think, um, I, I, I think there's still a lot of buyers that, that have, that, that are on the sidelines that are waiting and, and, uh, and, and kind of actively looking at the market. And, and I think when we get into to Q1 next year, I think, mid to late February, we're going to see it all happen again, where this market is just going to be bananas and, and, and going gangbusters. But I, I uh, in, in terms of speaking for right now, it, it's, it's te- like I said, team up with a realtor who, who's going to help you navigate through this market. Because once you commit to that realtor, they'll, they'll commit their time, effort and time uh, to you to, to be able to help you. Another perfect reason to contact Canada's number one REMAX team, robgolfie.com, 905-575-7700. Some final thoughts as uh, we got the uh, clock ticking down on us. The clock's never our friend, I'll tell you that. But one no. uh, one realtor in London saying that uh, when Toronto is a crazy market, it drives Toronto buyers out of Toronto. We're certainly seeing that here in uh, Hamilton and, and Niagara as well. Uh, and they go on to say now that London is so hot, we're seeing that same trickle-down effect. So not only is London hot, but now some of the surrounding communities in London are feeling that impact as well. Guys, another fantastic show. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, as well. And we are back next Saturday at 9, right here with the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.